Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is our Habits Show. In your career, business, and life, what should you say yes to? I mean, don't you wish you just had an easy formula? Well, you can thank me later. I have one for you. In this show, we're back with Laura Gassner Audin. She's our guest in show 687, where our topic was aligning what we do with who you are. In this show, we, of course, walk through the spokes on the Ziegler Wheel of Life. You'll hear that Laura shares she found her inner athlete at 38 years old and can now deadlift 225 pounds. Uh, she has a family meeting with her husband and kids every week. They go over their values, what they're grateful for, and just the weekly logistics. She speaks to toxic vampires and focusing on value over price and saying yes to adventure and much more. But her career guiding light uh, as to what she does or does not do is what I was the most impressed by. I got the most value from. I actually just shared it with my family as well. well here's her decision-making process. One, will this thing help me? Two, will it help someone else? Three, does it cause me joy? And four, is there someone better that should be doing this? I think it's just a brilliant structure and I'm going to adopt it myself as I realize, I mean, I often say things, yes to things that violate one or more of these aspects here. And since you can't possibly say yes to everything, what a great goal guideline. Uh, and don't miss again, show 687 with Laura. And I highly encourage you to get her new book, Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path, and Live Your Best Life, and take her Limitless Assessment and uh, get some other things at lauragassneraudingcom slash Ziggler. She set up a special page just for us. And friends, I hear from so many of you who want more from Ziggler, want to know what's going on. All you got to do is go to Ziggler.com to see the events that are happening uh, that you can be a part of and the products you can leverage to change your life. It will truly inspire your true performance. Okay. So Laura, in the first show, our first spoke right off the bat is the physical and nutrition. I love that you said, what was it? You were 38 before you ran your first mile. And it was, uh, from some, gosh, you, you just said some physical issues that you were realizing some aches and pains, whatever you, you, you retell us here that got you started on that path. And now you've done marathons, the Boston marathon, which you, uh, was where you live. So tell us about the physical nutritional side of your days. Yeah, I was uh, 38 years old and I walked into my kid's school and I saw the head of school and I was like, God, you look amazing. She's 65 years old. And I was like, either you've been really sick or there's a new man in your life because you've lost a lot of weight and you look way too good to have been really sick. So what's his name? And it turns out his name was Coach Mike and he ran a boot camp and she dragged me to it. So wow. I have found my inner athlete at 38 years old. Wow. For the last 10 years, I have been discovering that I'm actually really strong. And just about a week ago, I deadlifted my PR of 225 pounds, which is wow. two giant plates on the hex bar. So now they welcome to the gym and they call me two wheels. <laughs> awesome. That's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, so, so that's, so working out gym running. I mean, you do that's from a physical standpoint. What about on the nutritional side? What are you doing? On the nutritional side, I, I have, you know, so I'm 48, which means that I'm deep into the hole of perimenopause, which means that things like scotch and garlic that I used to love don't love me back anymore. So I kind of have to watch that a little bit. And I've now learned that like sugar maybe isn't my friend so much and yeah. caffeine doesn't really work so well. So, you know, I have to like, I kind of be a little bit more thoughtful about the things I put in my mouth because I'm learning that my body is needing fuel differently than it used to. 
Yes. Well, I'm 48 as well. And I can attest to pretty much dead on what you said. There. It sucks, huh? It does. <laughs> but it beats the alternative. <laughs> it does. I have no tolerance for feeling bad and thank goodness that, uh, that I'm sensitive there. Cause otherwise, yes, yeah, sugar, uh, would not be in the backseat that it is now. Uh, yeah. I also don't take red eyes any longer because oh, boy, gosh, recovery yeah. from that is tough. Yeah. Sleep is sleep is my greatest asset. All right. Number two here, family and friends, relationships, in essence, the things that you're habitually doing to keep your, the close relationships in your life healthy. So we do two things. Um, okay. The first is we have a family meeting every weekend. Uh, it's a 45 minute meeting. Me, my husband, uh, my two teenage kids, a, a, a young woman who's trying out for an Olympic rowing team who's living in our basement. Um, <laughs> and we have, we have a meeting where we uh, we start the meeting by picking one of our family values and just discussing if we're living up to it this week and how we're leaning into it. We do an airing of gratitudes, which is where we sort of go around and anybody who wants to thank anybody for like, thanks for picking me up from school. Thanks for doing the dishes. Hey, shout out to you know mom for making a bestseller list or like whatever the things are we're proud of each other for then we do our um the logistics who's picking up who when and who's in charge of dinner which night um so that everybody in the family is like part of keeping the the family unit going then there's the airing of grievances and that's when things get real right so we'll have a conversation about you know mom you kind of snapped at me about this thing or you know i say to one of my kids i didn't really love the way you you know treated your brother during this incident and the idea of that is that we want to talk about it while the iron's cold. Also, when we've also just reflected on our values of who we want to be when we're at our best. Uh-huh. Um, and then we uh, will do some long range planning, um, who needs who needs new cleats, you know, stuff like that. And then we schedule the next meeting. It's 45 minutes. We're in, we're out, we're done. And it just centers us and reminds us of who we are. That's tremendous. So I got to ask, did you come up with kind of the concept there and imp- implement it or did you... No, we absolutely stole it from my kids' summer camp. They go to a camp called Lanakila, which is uh-huh. part of a, a group of camps called from the Aloha Foundation. And it, they do this thing called success counseling. Not, you know, it's not like a special needs camp or anything, but they have this 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 ethos um, where they sit down at the beginning of camp with the, with the tent with their tent, and they say, "Well, who do we want to be as a tent? What do we want this community to feel like? Who are we when we're at our best?" And they check in regularly throughout the summer. And um, I talked to the head of the camp and said, "You know, this is incredible." You should really teach us parents how to bring the Lana Keela magic home because our kids come home as amazing people. And then, you know, we ruin them throughout the school year and then we <laughs> hand them back to you in the summer. So I talked him into doing a parenting seminar and wow. he brought up this idea that we could have it as like not just a tent meeting, but a family meeting. So we brazenly stole the idea from him. We've been doing it for two and a half years in our house and it has changed the tenor, the cadence, the tone of our house in such a way that, you know, I'm no longer getting the drive-bys while I'm, while I'm in the car heading home and the kids are like, Oh, I, I, I need a new t- I need a new suit for graduation. And then of course you forget because by the time you get home, there've been six other things brought up and you get mm-hmm. a text from a client and the phone is ringing and then graduation rolls around. Your kid's like, mom, where's my suit? And you feel like the worst parent ever. Now I'm like, that would be a great thing to bring up at family meeting. And it puts the agency back on the kids and responsibility on them to sort of show up and be present. And, and so I'm not a helicopter parent and I'm not even a bulldozer parent. We're all actual functioning, contributing members of the society that is our house. Um, and I actually wrote a blog post about this, which you can put in the show notes because people always ask me questions about it whenever I mention it, but it is, it is fantastic. And I would, I would recommend it to anybody. The second thing that we do um, is that I treat all of my relations like they're long distance relations. Um, I travel 150,000 miles a year. When my husband and I were first dating, we would get two days together every weekend and that was it. And we would 
treasure those days. We would make plans and we would be present. And obviously the internet didn't exist way back then, but you know, if it did, we wouldn't have our cell phones out all the time. And then I thought, you know, if I'm traveling so much right now and I'm home two nights a week, three nights a week, why aren't I treating those relationships as long distance relationships? So I have just worked really hard to make sure that all of my relationships are long distance, whether I'm living in the same house with them or not. So why don't I just be super present when I am present? Mm. Okay. Gosh, just, yeah, I'll get the blog post from you. I'll put that in the show notes for sure. Maybe in the intro as well. And I wrote a, another one about the long distance relationship. You can put them both yeah, in Please, there. please. I, I want to, I love the family, uh, you know, the, the weekly gathering to get up to speed. Uh, that is, that's tremendous and a good, a good call out for me as well. I'm not consistent with it. Third spoke here, Laura, is mental. The things that you do to keep the mental edge, mental health that you want for your own trajectory. So I think we mentioned sleep. I think sleep yeah. is so important and good nutrition is so important. But I also have made a practice of getting rid of the toxic vampires in my life. You know, all those people who they're super present when they've got a problem. Can I pick your brain? Do you have a minute? Let me just ask you a couple questions. And then when you have needs, they're like nowhere to be found, mm. you know, or the people who are just constantly complaining, you know, there, there are studies that show that, 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 that depression and sadness and anxiety and fear are contagious. And I think if those things are, if misery is contagious, then I bet joy is contagious too. So I try to like people who are in pain and who need help, I don't get rid of them, but the ones who are just whining, the ones who just have excuses after excuse, after, like, I just, I don't really have time in my life for them because there are so many people who are joyful and are full of forward momentum and together we can all rise to better places. I want to get rid of the toxic vampire so I can have the, the sort of the energy, the energy givers, the momentum builders of my life. Well, there you go, folks. Find those folks, get rid of them. Uh, a good call out for that. Financial is the fourth one. And these are the things that you have done in the past to get yourself to a good financial place. The things that you may do today as well to maintain a good place. Oh, this is so hard because I, I have for so long been, um, two things I've been humble and I've been cheap. So hmm. I had a very hard time raising my rates. Um, until one day I said to my husband, I just, I can't believe somebody's going to pay me that much money for 45 minutes of work, you know, a 45 minute talk on stage. And he was like, no, they're paying you that much money for 25 years and 45 minutes of work. Good man. And suddenly I was like, oh, it's about value and not price. I get it. Oh, Goodness. and that became a lot easier than to, to, to finally raise my rates. And it turns out none of my clients even blinked. I think yeah. they were expecting it or they didn't even notice that it, it was great. The second thing and this is really hard and every entrepreneur out there listening to this is going to go, yep. I spent, I wasted so much money being cheap, you know, like doing my own invoices at three o'clock in the morning rather than hiring somebody to just do them for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to the, you know, the family thing about being present for my family. If I'm so busy doing the invoices that I'm not with my family and it turns out that that ends up being a more expensive proposition in the long run. And not to mention the fact that I wasn't really good at doing my invoices either, right? Mm -hmm. So I wasn't even like, I, so I got out of the habit of doing invoices and chasing money and all that stuff that I hated to do, which allowed me more time to do the stuff I love to do, which made me better at the stuff I love to do, which then made me not feel as bad about raising my rates. So I actually ended up making more money, I, but I'm, it was really hard. So I'm the, I'll be the entrepreneur that says, yep. Um, 
I, I honestly, I'm still that guy. I'm still cheap. The only saving grace is I have brought on enough that I just flat out don't have enough time. I have to delegate. I have to spend the money, but I still will find myself starting in on some spreadsheet and they go, Oh my gosh, I, I can, I've got a tome I could write over here that I'm passionate about and I've got to move over there and spend the money whether I have it or not. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's my nature. So, uh, okay. Wasting money being cheap. Uh, folks take, there's a book probably right there. <laughs> And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Uh, the next one, fifth, is the spiritual side of life. What do you What are you doing, practicing over there? So I grew up not with a lot of religion, and I married a, a, a man who grew up with religion, but one that he doesn't really practice. And so no. we we don't so much have have religion in our house, but I feel like we have spirituality in the form of community. Um, We have what I call a family, which is the combination of friends and family that really are your, 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 your church community or your minion or your, um, your Havara, like whatever your, whatever your, your, your choice of faith is. And those are really the people that I go to when I'm, when I'm going through difficult times or I'm having, um, I'm, I'm afraid to do something, you know, they're the ones who sort of push me and they give yeah. me quote unquote faith in myself, in the adventure and whatever the thing might be. Um, but for me that it, spirituality comes down to community. Yeah. Okay. Career is the next one. And you have uh, had a varied career from uh, different industries, from corporate to entrepreneurship. So now today you're in a certain place, a certain chapter. What are the things that you're putting in place to keep your career where you want it to be? So I have this little bracelet that I'm wearing on my on my wrist um, that says "Say Yes," and hmm. I believe that. Okay, so. I think that we need to say no to things that are not right for us that are wasting our time and all of that. But I believe that we also say no to things that scare us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I am a firm believer that, that, that we have to say yes to adventures because there is an adventure around every corner if we just look hard enough. And we have no idea where those adventures might lead to. So, you know, I can point out exactly the thing that I said yes to three years ago, which put to put in place the seeds of my speaking career, of this book that I'm writing, of the introduction to the event that I was at two weeks ago where Robin Roberts got a copy of my book and has now invited me to be on Good Morning America in two weeks. I can point out exactly what that was, but it was saying yes to the super random thing that I had no idea what dividends it might pay in the future, but I knew that it was interesting. I knew I was doing something interesting with an interesting person who had my best interest at heart, and I say yes to those things all the time. I, that's, that's a a whole show, if not a book in and of itself. And I I do want people to hear that because we've just recently interviewed Michael Hyatt he's got his new book focus and he does talk about what are the things we can uh, delegate, automate and eliminate. And for me, eliminating saying no is a big thing. So I think we're hearing that mantra. You've got to say no to protect the good things. But then on the other side, I own the movie. Yes, man. With Jim Carrey, where it's saying yes, but where you said to the adventures, to the things that can expand us and give us opportunity. And so there's attention obviously in those, I think people need to grapple with instead of saying, okay, I'm just going to do the yes person side, or I'm going to do the no person side. I like your term of adventure. 
Well, I have four questions I ask all please, the time to determine. Please. Number one, um, will this thing help me? And it's super Machiavellian, I know, but like you got to start somewhere. So yeah. will this like, do I see myself on the other end of this project, of this committee, of this, um, of, of this meeting, of the sucker punch of a bake sale chairmanship ask? Do I see myself getting yeah. any closer to my calling, to the thing that I care about, to my goals? Number one. Number two, will it help someone else? So maybe it won't help me, but I can clearly see how it will help someone else. And I think some things just pay in good karma. And in those good karma, you meet new people, you learn new skills, you create a new network. You know, you never know what's going to be on the side of the door. Number three, does it cause me joy? So maybe it won't help me. Maybe it won't help someone else, but boy, am I going to love it, right? I'll say yes, absolutely. We figure out the rest later. Like, Marie Kondo that, you know, it was all day long. <laughs> uh-huh. And then lastly, and I think this is the most important question, really. Is there someone better who should be doing this instead of me? Right. Hmm. Did I get asked because I'm the most proximate person? Like someone happened to be walking by my office or they were walking out of school that day and 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 they happened to bump into me? Or did they carefully and strategically headhunt me as the person who was the right person, the only person who can help them solve this problem? And it turns out that none of us are really that important. The answer to that is probably no. And that if you don't want to say no, you might say, I can't, I don't have space to dedicate the attention that I want to this right now, but I know that there are some other people who might be better. Let me take a few minutes and brainstorm for those people instead and pass it to somebody who's the right person for the job instead of building a cathedral to your own ego of needing to be the one to help. Mm, uh, that number four, uh, thank you for that. Yeah, that's one where I think, you know, again, back in the early stages when you feel like you need the money, one. Uh, but then later on, when you do get a lot of, a lot of opportunities, yeah, I, I realize so often I am not the best person. Thank you so much. I'm flattered. I, I, I'm not, I'm not that person. So, uh, good call out there. Last one, personal. These are yeah, the fun hobbies, play the things that you do just for your own joy. So I am learning how to play the drums, ah, which nice. anybody who knows me would think is hilarious because I literally do not have control of my own body and time and space. I have the world's worst rhythm and I do not know how to read music. But I think that when I play and I look like like animal from the Muppets, like I look like a crazy person in my basement, like playing rock and roll drums, super loud. But boy, I can feel like parts of my brain lighting up that I think I've just never used. And it's just great fun and it's ridiculous. And I make a complete and total fool out of myself. And I think we should all make complete and total fools of ourselves on a regular basis because it's, it, it teaches us that we're not going to die if we do. <laughs> it teaches us that it's going to be okay. And I think it's really important as we get older to live in the space where failure is not finale, but it's fulcrum. I just, I think that's, it's energizing. Okay. Beauty. Plus I think it's good to stave off Alzheimer's. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We could talk on there. My wife does cognitive training, and what you talked about—I wrote that down. I was going to tell her that that you feel parts of your brain lighting up that don't otherwise. That is that's stellar. Thank you. Uh, thanks for giving us a behind the scenes and just sharing that. I, uh, I I've got some new ideas uh, from that. I hope everybody else did too. But also just resonate with so much of what you shared. Thanks for um, letting us know who you are, Laura. Thank you so much. Well, how's that for some inspiring habits for success? Again, I highly encourage you to get Laura's new book, Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path, and Live Your Best Life, and take her Limitless Assessment 
and more at lauragastneraudingcom slash Ziggler, where she set up a special page just for us. And if you got value from the show, let us know and let Laura know, leave a review in iTunes for the Ziggler show and let us know about this specific show if you want. And friends, I hear from many of you who want more from Ziggler, go to Ziggler.com to see the events you can be a part of and the products you can leverage to change your life, to inspire your true performance. Coming up in show 690, we have our Q&A show, and I wanted to know how you rate your personal performance and what you think would most help it right now. So we hear a message from Zig Ziglar where he discusses, it's really interesting, the roots of a bonsai tree versus a giant sequoia named General Sherman, and the reality of how we grow according to the room and resources that we give our roots, we allow our roots. Well, from this, I ask the Ziglar audience a question, and I invite you, join us in these weekly Q&A shows. Just find and friend me on Facebook at Agent K. Miller. The question I asked was, on a scale from 1 to 10, how would you rate your current personal performance? And what do you feel would most help it right now? Well, we got a load of comments from listeners who rated themselves from 9 down to 0. And some were who were were inspired and amped, and some who were really contemplating just throwing in the towel. I had Tom Ziegler join me to not only talk through the comments, but to offer guidance to those who are striving and struggling and questioning what they need to do to increase their performance. It's a really value-packed show. Well, till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <music>